It's Monday. Monday, Monday, Monday. Showdown. There's a showdown? That's what you said. I don't know if that's what it's going to be a showdown, but okay, yeah, good. I don't know. <laughs> felt like maybe we get frisky a little bit. How you doing, Grace? I am fabulous. How are you, Eric? I am spectacular. That's one level above fabulous. Ooh, that I am happy for you. That's good. Spectacular. What's in your mug? What's in your mug there? Some decaf coffee. Decaf. You can't do calf at this time of night. I could, uh, but I choose not to. I can't. Anything after like three or four in the afternoon. And this makes me sound like an old guy, geezer. But like if I do that after three or four, um, I can't go to sleep. And I hate when I lay there and stare at the ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. What's what's up? What? How about this weekend? This past weekend? What the heck did you do this past weekend, Grace? Wait, are we going to do, don't we do the intro first? Oh, yeah, I guess we can. I was going to mix it up. And do <laughs> today. All right. Hey, great. Why don't we do the intro? Are you, are you ready? I'm ready. This is the 45th show and I'm not. I you're ready to close it out. You're yeah. like two minutes in. You're ready to. Let's, I don't know. I'm tired. We're done. All right, let's do it. The race season is coming fast and planning has arrived. Let's lay it out smartly on episode 45. I'm Eric Idiot Renner Kosek. And I'm Grace Hot Pants Langheim. Eric is all business in the front of the pack, and I am all about the party in the back. That's right, business up front and party in the back. Together, we are the Running Mullet. And we are going to talk about every aspect of running the podium to the DNF and everything in between. If you are a runner, this show is for you. Now sit back. Get out your foam roller and enjoy the party. Man, I have no idea what I was thinking there. What's wrong with me? You're so excited for the show, and I am just as excited as you. We are two two, uh, runners pumped to talk about running. That's what's happening. Perfect, perfect, perfect. What did you do this past weekend, Grace? Uh, this past weekend, did some some group runs, got some miles in, did some snowy running. That was lovely. Did some miles on the old treadmill, you know, just uh, to get some mileage in and uh, hit the gym. How about you? Um. We went to State College. Lauren had her first indoor track meet. She signed Woo-hoo. up for a, it was the, it was called the Kevin Dare Invitational, and she ran the three k, which is one point eight six or something like that miles uh, around the indoor track, fifteen loops around the indoor track. It was a experience. Um, she did good. She she ran with the big dogs. She ran in the fast heat, which is a lot of older girls. And uh, I think she ended up like 12th out of 18 or something like that. So good experience. So it was fun. I've never been to an indoor track before. It was banked and everything. It was kind of neat. I, I was that person. I dropped my phone down underneath the banked part of the track and somebody had to get it. Yeah. It was embarrassing. (laughs) No, I'm an idiot. But it was good. And we then we we drove home in the snow. The snow started Saturday midday yeah. here. 
And yeah, everybody likes running in the snow. The snow's so beautiful. It's just so glorious out. I love winter. I love the snow. Well, Grace, I have to shovel snow for my job. Mm -hmm. So it's made me not enjoy snow at all. I don't like the sound of it. I don't like the word. I don't like watching the weather. Sadly, yeah. I'm not, like, I love snow, but my job's made me hate it and it's not fun. Oh, that is sad. Yeah. So anyway... That was about my weekend. Sunday, I had to work a little bit, and then I ran to work, so I got miles there. Yeah, it was good. Awesome. Yeah. And um, we're we're talking about how to build out like your your year, how to build out your race calendar for the year. So not just not just this past weekend, but the whole year. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Grace, I think we're going to talk about just whatever the heck we want since it's our show, right? Well, you know, I thought I thought I was being very clever because I always think that I'm clever. I was like, you know, why don't we talk about how to lay out your calendar? Because I have I have several athletes right now that I'm kind of laying out their calendar for the season and they're they're setting everything up. And I'm like, this is genius. And then I started catching up on all of my weekend podcast episodes that I've missed. And guess what? Every other podcast is talking about is how to you set know. up your race calendar. But I, I no, I think they didn't, they didn't quite hit it the way that I want to. So we're going to do our own version of it and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, we're not we're not other podcasts, Grace. You better be, you're on a slippery slope here. We're not. You are correct. I just thought I was being more clever than you, I actually. You thought you had a good idea. Yeah. No, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> it's now, all right. It is a good thing to talk about, and I have a lot of athletes that are doing the triple. I have, I can't believe how many athletes I have that are attempting the triple crown, uh -huh. which is a very I mean, in reality, it's pretty easy to lay that out for the year. This is what you're doing, and you know, a couple races in between, but can't do too much else once that once that ball gets rolling mm -hmm. after in at Heiner. So, yeah, as far as as far as calendar planning and stuff, there they that's an easy hard thing to do, but easy easy thing to plan out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so a couple of things on that. I mean, one, if you're planning to do the triple crown, which is uh, three races in Pennsylvania, Heiner, World's End and Eastern States that kind of go, what is it? April, June and August. Really uh, like those people should be training right now, oh, yeah. you know, for, for the triple crown. Cause once you start, like you said, then I mean, most of your, you've, you can maintain after Heiner starts, um, but you don't have a lot of opportunity to get faster, to push your aerobic threshold, to push your aerobic capacity, none of that stuff. So, um, and uh, uh, that's a, an interesting way to, to build out a race calendar is it just kind of gets built out for you because you're set with these three races or four if you're doing the blacklist. Yeah, I mean, uh, like you said, once you get started, and I tell everybody this: once once Heiner's going, the the race schedule is your training more or less. There's not much time in between mm -hmm. to do much else than to recover and and you know mentally prepare and a little physical for for the next one. <laughs> boom, 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 and boom, yeah. you're doing the blacklist. Yeah. And now here's one thing that I did think of, though, uh, for where those people who are Uber planners like me, Uber. Hey, I'm Uber, 
Uber planners <laughs> who are thinking out to 2025 and even 2026, if you're not planning to um, either triple crown or blacklist or complete any one of those races or any race, let's say you don't want to do a hundred miler this year, but you would like to do it next year. Right now is the time to pay somebody for that particular race. Volunteer at that race. Volunteer to sweep at that race just to get exposure to it. So even if you're not planning, for example, to run World say Eastern Run, States. Now say Eastern States. Because Eastern States. And I wanted you to say Eastern States because there's so many people that only decide they want to run it after they've tasted the experience of it. And it's, it's fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. You know, once you paste for Eastern States, there's a lot of people who the very next year they want to run it. And mm -hmm. it's a great way to get exposure to the course and get exposure to the course in real time, not just, uh, you know, on, on your own schedule, but dealing with the elements and dealing with, um, you know, there's, there's other people around you. So um, I think that this year, one of the things, if you're building out your race calendar is to consider the next couple of years, what are you planning to do? And can you get involved in those races right now, if nothing else, to just start to be part of that community? And, and this goes for any race, not just in Pennsylvania. If you're in <laughs> Ohio, if you're in West Virginia, uh, starting to participate in those races is, is a great opportunity if you're able to. Um, I know I have some races on my bucket list that I wish I could scout out ahead of time, but they're really far away. Uh, but right now is that time to do it. I love that you're an Uber planner because I am an anti-Uber planner, <laughs> I think. So so yeah. we're, we're, we're going to mesh good, if not maybe argue about things. Um, no, I mean, I am a planner, but I don't stress over it really. And I don't let it, if I see something that, it doesn't necessarily wasn't part of the plan or something, a race that wasn't part of the plan. It's not going to necessarily stop me from signing up. And even if it's not the best timing or something either, you know, yeah. and I don't, some athletes that I talk to, I don't, I tell them the same thing. I'm like, do you want to do it? Like, yeah, it's not the, it's, you could probably do, you know, you could probably do better if you focused on it next, focus on this certain one next year. Or you mm -hmm. can do the two that you want to this year. Just know that, you know, maybe the ones for fun and just training miles and the other ones, your serious one or vice versa. But I don't ever, I have a hard time telling somebody no. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, really hard for me. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, uh, you know, even hiding what's your key race. And, you know, I thought a lot about this even for myself coming into 2024. And I think a lot of people, when they're considering what their key race is, they, they think, you know, what's the biggest race or what's the race that I'm most excited about? And that is one way to think about it. But here's what I was thinking about, because if I think about my 2024 and everything that I have that I hope to be able to do, um, I'm probably most excited about the horseshoe trail. But which race am I going to be most pissed about if I don't finish because I didn't train properly and that's a different answer. <laughs> so my training has been geared toward the duck 100 K because I am going to be so mad at myself if I don't take my training seriously enough 
to finish that race. I know the horseshoe, the horseshoe trails, like it's later on in the year. I can focus on that later. So one way to, to uh, prioritize your training and make some decisions on your training. And here's an example. The duck 100 K is very, very flat. I don't need a lot of vert training. I need to work on my speed. So when I'm looking at my race calendar and how I decide to prepare for the year and what types of running I need to do, it's speed work because I'm going to be most mad at myself if I don't finish the duck. So it's a different way to figure out what's your key race. Yeah. And when you say key race, you do have to throw in key race slash race series. Cause I'm, and I'm going to probably keep coming yeah. back to the triple crown idea. The triple crown is, is the three races. So, but I don't think it's necessarily bad that it's three races. It's not like you say, well, out of those three races, you need to focus on, Eastern States being your number one, not necessarily. I mean, I have quite a few of my athletes that are running it are running it at their, their goal is to finish every one, nothing more. And that's amazing. And that's yeah. a huge accomplishment. That being said, East, the way it's laid out, in my opinion, you can you could say that Eastern States is, would be a, a good one to put as your, your a race as in the other ones are your triple crown is your your other goal of the year but mm-hmm. minor and world's end are darn good lead-ups to eat to to crushing a possible goal at eastern states also if yeah out of them healthy obviously yeah yeah i think um i think like looking at the race series as a whole and then also looking at, you know, what are my individual strengths and weaknesses and which one do I need to work on the most? If my weakness is endurance, then I should probably focus on Eastern States. If my weakness is speed, I should probably focus on World's End as the 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 one to focus my training around. So I don't know. That's that's the first step, I think, to building out that race calendar is deciding what's your main race, your key race, and um, is it a part of the race series? So are there other races that you got to consider? I love this comment, that comment, uh, you know, sub ultra, it's not all about ultras either. (laughs) A key race could be a marathon. It could be, I want to Boston qualify. It could be, I want to PR my 5k. It could be be to get your butt off a couch and do a 5k. Yeah, for sure. Yep. And I love that you're looking at slope side as something new. Yay. Hmm. Did you pay for that? Did you pay him to? I might have. I'm not telling. I'm sorry. So that's the first thing. That's the first thing I think. What do you do next? What do you do after that? I I was hoping you would tell me. I don't don't know where we're going with this. (laughs) Remember, you're the Uber one. (laughs) I am the Uber planner. So the first thing I do is decide on what's the key race And then what are some other races that are really important to me? And they might be important to me for different reasons. It might be important to me because I'm going to do that race with a friend. Uh, It might be because it's something new and exciting. It might be because, man, I DNF'd it last year or I didn't have my best effort last year. And so I want a little bit of revenge at that race. So it might be a destination race that I'm excited about. Um, so putting, plotting out those other key races around, I want, I want to add one more to your list there. And I think it's very important is, is some of those smaller races or, and again, it doesn't matter what race is your a race, but adding other races 
at perfect times in your training cycle yeah. only for the reason of preparing for your a race mm -hmm. is a perfectly good reason to sign up for that race um if any of that kind of made sense it did that is step number four. Oh man okay <laughs> <laughs> i'll back yeah back it on up back it on up so we got key race other important and i'm talking about super important races like man this has got to happen this hmm. year so other important races um step number three that i like to throw in there is uh very important training weekends so this can be important for certain types of races um let's say you want to do superior or you want to do world's end something that is a uh, um uh, Manitou's, something like that, like a, a very technical, difficult race, you might want to spend some time out on the course. And so maybe you want to travel to that place, get a hotel for the weekend and uh, run parts of the course. That would be a training weekend. So plotting out when is the best time uh, within your training cycle to have that training weekend um, I think that's the next most important thing. If you're able to get to that course, if you can't get to that course, if you're doing something like hurt, which is in Hawaii, um, maybe finding a place that is very similar terrain and going there for a whole weekend and just practicing on terrain specific, a terrain specific course. Of course, this is only going to be like four weeks out from the race. So it's pretty close to race day and you're getting um, some experience, some exposure, that is directly going to help that race. Uh, but that's step number three for me. <clears throat> yep. And I want to add that it's, not, it, you know, I 100% agree with what you're saying. And I 100% agree it's four to five weeks out. And it's not, but it's not just terrain. It's getting your you yourself yeah. mentally prepared, which means, and a lot of what we're talking about is the long stuff. But if you're doing something long, it's going to be overnight. Well, that's a perfect weekend to go from Saturday into Sunday and get some friends with you and do some overnight crazy ass shit. Yes. And it will help you immensely come race day because your head was just in that space not too long ago. You went through some, you know, fought the devil a little bit here or there. And you had a, that huge weekend as a confidence booster of nothing else going into that that big race, whatever mm -hmm. it may be. 100% agree. 100%. Bring some friends. Make it a whole weekend. Get an Airbnb for the weekend. I will say also that if your key race is a highly technical race, I actually wouldn't do that very often because you're exposing yourself to risk of injury more often. You are better off um, doing speed work and tempo runs and all that stuff to build your strength. If you're already comfortable on technical, if you're really uncomfortable on technical trails, then yes, spend the time until you get comfortable. Uh, but I think doing super technical trail too often, can it's just exposure to risk that's unnecessary. It is good to get some time out on that course, but I wouldn't do it every weekend on, on something highly technical, you know? Yeah, you don't you don't need long long runs to get good to get yourself better at technical terrain anyway. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. yeah, it's all gonna suck once you're tired anyway. <laughs> yeah, you know, the time the the long the the crazy weekends that we're speaking of are, in my opinion, is straight up time on your feet. Yep, and time being fatigued and time being uh, sleep deprived. 
Yeah. And, and with all that, you can practice crazy nutrition and hydration during. Yeah, absolutely. You're practicing hydration. You're practicing your nutrition. You're nailing down all of your gear. It is a dress rehearsal for the race. And I think, um, you know, anybody can benefit from this because you see it at the front of the pack, at the back of the pack. It helps to really, really know that course. It helps to know exactly what you're going to eat. Um, and it helps for the back of the pack if you're worried about cutoffs. The more you can get familiar with that course, the better you're going to feel more comfortable, the better off you feel. Um, again, you're not always able to get to that course, but if you can, that's awesome. So uh, that's number three for me when I'm pla planning the year um, is where are those weekends going to be that are going to be most beneficial to me? They're not too close to race day. They're not too far away from race day. I want to put that on the calendar. And then number four is exactly what you said. Where are those supporting training races? So um, plotting out like, oh, I need to do 13 miles this weekend, this uh, particular weekend, and um, I need to get a lot of vertical. It just so happens that Greenwood Furnace Half is the same weekend. Why don't I just join in that so I can practice my nutrition anyway, you know? Right. And something that's something I've done that's kind of on the lines of what we're talking about is you can run any kind of race, whether it's 10 K up to, uh, I'm going to say 50 K if you can handle the mileage on a Saturday and it's hard, but you can still go out Saturday night or even for a good chunk Sunday on that, that magical weekend. And that's just as good because you're super fatigued already. We're not, lo you're not looking to destroy your body. Just get out, stay awake, and keep moving with friends to make it even more fun. But yeah, that's a good good setup for a great weekend. Um, being careful, obviously, not to overdo it. Yeah, absolutely. And these races, you know, you're not trying to be super fast. You're testing out other stuff. I was working with one of my athletes that was not their key race. They had a bunch of other races. It was like, okay, for this race, guess what we're going to work on? We're going to work on going nice and easy. We're going to work on nutrition. I want you, and I, I don't focus on heart rate too much, but it can be beneficial sometimes. And it was, okay, I want you to race this 25K. And by the way, keep your heart rate underneath 150 the whole time and see how difficult that is. Just, just getting used to different conditions. So there's all kinds of fun things you can play around with and go into it and out of it fatigued. You know, yeah. uh, and not trying to PR every single course and just saying, yeah, I'm going to be tired that day. Right. Be with some friends and have fun. Yep. What's next, Grace Uber? Okay. Um, what's next is other fun races, challenge races, races with friends. It's, you know what, let me throw in, uh, let me throw in doing the Goggins challenge just to get some experience with being uh, very tired and running at night. Um, you know what, my friend is doing a, uh, a fun 5K that um, supports a charity that I really support. So I'm going to go do that fun 5K. So there's other fun races, challenge races, races with friends to throw on the calendar next, just to make sure that that you're not taking it too seriously, that you are still enjoying it, that you're not going to hate running by the end of it. You know, we see that sometimes people, um, especially I think when um, – when trail runners uh, train for a road race, 
<laughs> so they're only doing road running. Uh, you know, you got to mix in a little trail every once in a while. And, and I'm sure it happens the other way too. When, a uh, when a road runner has to do a bunch of trail and they don't ever get to, to run as fast and feel the, the wind going through all of their gorgeous hair. You don't know what that's like, but some people do. Whatever. <laughs> yes, I agree. Yeah. So, so that's, that's the fifth one. And then, um, uh, just some other notes in here. It's also, where can I volunteer? Where can I pace? So, uh, you know, this past year, last year, it was like, you know what? I, I need 13 miles this weekend. Oh, my friend Vanessa is doing Big Woods half marathon. Let me see if she needs a sweep. So, uh, you know, pre-swept her course, right? So it's maybe I can sweep for somebody. Maybe I can pace for somebody on some of my weekends. Again, just to keep it fun and keeping stay engaged with the trail running community or with the road running community. Um, you know, you can also pace marathons, all that fun stuff. And uh, I, I think it's great to mix in some of that. So you're, you're giving back and not feeling like, man, all I do is train, 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 train. Right. Well, trail, trail maintenance is a good way of slowing yourself down too. If mm -hmm. uh, a trail near you that needs trimmed back or something or sticks, you know, a couple branches are across, just care, run with a sharp knife or <laughs> saw. Run with and, scissors. Yeah, run with scissors basically, and then but then you're forced uh -huh. to stop and and don't touch your watch. Just stop yeah. and take care of the trail. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's another way to extend that time on feet. So right. you might head out for uh, you know a, an hour, two hour trail run, and then spend two hours on trail maintenance. That's mm -hmm. four hours time on feet. That is huge. And without all of the um, impact to the body necessarily. So you don't have to get 100 miles every week to get a lot of time on feet to get what your body needs to finish the distances that, that your heart wants to finish. Yeah. Um, yep. So those are my <laughs> steps. First, what's your key race? What are other important races to you? Um, then you sketch out your important training weekends. Hopefully it's just one or two. I mean, I only pick one or two really important races every year. And then there's some other, uh, one or two key races. And then there's some other important stuff. Uh, the fourth one supporting training races and then, um, any, any other fun stuff, challenges, other things to keep it interesting and then uh, consider in the mix of all of that, where can you volunteer? Where can you help? Where can you pace? Where can you sweep? Yeah. And then you throw in your family and your other interests and hobbies, and you you already have more than 365 days. And then you book your therapy session. Exactly. That's kind of what I was getting at. No, <laughs> so so I like take, care, take care of yourself. I like your, you should get that trademark. The Grace's, uh, what, six steps, seven steps, five there's, steps? There's five. Yeah. Five, Grace's five steps of, of race. Building out, building out your race season. And then, like I said, it's, it's, you know, if you can start to think about the next couple of years, then you can start to plot those out as well. And uh, I'll give you an example. I had, um, you know, when I was looking at doing the Mason Dixon FKT the year before, 
I section ran the the trail so that the next year, for about two years prior, I began section running it and then went ahead for the full FKT. So um, even if it's FKTs uh, and not necessarily races, it's still, I'm always thinking about well, what do I want to accomplish in the next couple of years as a back pack runner? I have to think ahead a little bit <laughs> to strategize, um, to accomplish all those crazy things that I want to accomplish. Um, and then the, the next step is to start actually planning it out. So booking your people, booking your uh, hotel rooms, your Airbnbs, uh, get all of your stuff settled. So if you want to have crew at a particular race, you want to make sure that their race schedule is free. Right. So you don't want to a month before your race, find out that all of your friends are also racing the same day. So now you're scrambling to, to look for crew. So uh, figuring out your pacers, your crew and making sure that you have lodging settled early is next. Yeah, definitely better to do <laughs> it sooner than later. Coach, oh, Coach Rob, I'll get you all settled out. We'll get your entire Next five years, we'll have it settled. He said, I need to have a sit-down talk with you to sort out my calendar. Five-year plan. Huh? <laughs> oh. Absolutely. Cool. All right. Well, before we before we close out the show, I was I'm always we're always trying to think of things to talk about, right? Mm-hmm. On the show. We want to we want to keep and the bottom line is I think we made this show um around the basis of we don't need any subject to talk about we could come on every monday and just talk about whatever comes to mind which i think we can still do that no problem but i always try to think of things so my my fun thing for tonight is talking about the run the running mullet and business up front party in the back well Uh my my argument is it's not all business up front it's just as fun up front it's a party up front and why why it's better now this listen i love everybody from the front to the back so this okay. is this is all for this is all for fun in quotations but why yeah. it's, why it's better to be up front than it is to be in the back of the mullet is what i'm going with going on okay so uh-huh. i have i have some some um some points and you're allowed rebuttals to them okay i'm towards the front of the pack with every year I get older, I'm coming back towards you, but that's okay. In the, in the, but in the middle of the pack, back of the pack, and that's okay because it's all okay. So here we go. And that this, there's no order here, and it, a lot of it's not even going to make sense. There's no order. It's not going to make sense. It's not real, and it's also not um, accurate. Got it. Yeah. So just <laughs> bear with me. Why the business up front is better than the party in the back. Okay. The first one I could think of is there's no runny snot on the peanut M&Ms at the aid stations. So you guys in the back, I don't even know what those M&Ms and the candy tastes like at that point. Yeah. Of a big race, but you're eating things that came out of people's bodies that is pretty disgusting. And I have, Mm. I have, I'm gifted that I have the fresh stuff right out of the bag. All right. So my rebuttal uh, we always come prepared with our own snacks because the aid stations are not guaranteed to be open or still have the things that we like. Okay. But I still <laughs> bet you, you've, you've eaten more people's snot than I have. 
I do. I do like a a, a little, you know, a snot lick. Yeah, I, I get it. I do. I really do. Delicious. And this is you're gonna. This is the same. You're gonna have the same rebuttal for this one. But we like, do that. I'm like. I I just want to make this clear. If you talk to anybody who is in the back of the pack and they know, and they they are very aware of how back of the pack they always pack their own snacks. Bring your own snacks. I get we it. We bring and our own, is, and we bring a lot of water. This is why I'm doing this. I, this is what I wanted to get out in the open. Um, this is along the same lines. The chips are salty from salt, not from sweaty hands. So the chips that you're eating from the aid station have, have been it's just drenched in other people's sweat. Again, though, apparently again they're out of chips. By the Michelle agrees with me. <laughs> yep. Okay, let's they're, see. They're out of chips. We got our own. We're good. Um, at the front of the pack, the aid station workers are fresh and still jolly. They're not cranky. Have, did uh -huh. you ever experience cranky aid station workers because they've been out there so long? Oh, they're drunk by the time we come through. So oh, good. So they're, they, it is a party. And, and I will tell you, I, like you get, if you are back of the pack and you come through an aid station toward the end of a race, they are so, you get so much personal attention because there'll be five people still there and you're there by your, like earlier in the day, there were 10 people who came all at once and they're rushing around like crazy. Now they're like, they've been drinking. Maybe they haven't, you know, there's plenty of aid station workers who don't, uh, but they're, they've been hanging out waiting for a runner. They finally see a runner and they're like, there's a runner. Okay. You do this. You, and, and you get like six people pampering you Great. because you're I, the only one there. You don't understand what's happening here. You and you and me are very much alike. This is, this was going to be my next, my next argument, but you've just proven to me that we're not so different after all, because I was going to say for somebody in the front of the pack, we have all the aid station workers to, to get us whatever we need because they're, they're, we're coming through few and far between at the front. So the middle is where they get one person helping them. They get the love from one person, but the front and the rear all get the love of everybody yeah. at the aid station. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. We get, uh, we get a lot of attention in the front and the rear, but there's not always a guaranteed aid station. Cause I know what this happens in the front is they're not always set up. They're not always no, ready I've for never, you. I'm, I've never been that fast okay i'm not that person <laughs> it's it has happened, happened at now. races yep. Yep. um and and then also at the back of the pack you know there are some times where they're kind of packed up and and um i'd say most races they'll they they're they're still leaving stuff out for the back of the pack but but it's it's slim pickings sometimes on occasion and so uh, you get a lot of love a lot of attention that's why everybody in the middle um, they, they come in packs. So then they take care of each other. Right. Yeah. All right. I'm glad we're getting this all out there. Let's see what else. Um, I being at the front of the pack have peace and quiet for hours and hours and hours. Same. No, you don't. You're part oh, yeah, I do. At the back, I have more time because a race that takes you five hours takes me 10 hours. I get 10 hours of peace and quiet for like the very beginning. There's a lot of people. But then in, when you're in the back of the pack, I remember last year I was doing a race within the first 10 minutes. I was alone and I spent about the next seven hours almost completely alone. I know it's, it's uh. <laughs> 
you know, I every time I, I do a race like you're talking about, spend that many hours alone. I'm like, damn, that sucks. I wasn't expecting that to happen. But after after it's done, I'm like, man, I'm really glad that happened because I feel like I learned more about myself maybe than I would have. Yeah. If I was chatting away with somebody the whole time. Yeah, I I, I love it both. You know, yeah. I want to have a race one day where I'm completely alone, and the very next day I want to have one where I'm chit chatting like it's me and Callie the whole time. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. My trails in the front of the mullet, my trails aren't trashed from all the other runners destroying yeah. them because it's it might be a little wet out or muddy. Yeah. So, ha. That's why. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You Absolutely. The, carnage. the you have to go with the carnage on the of the trails. Yeah. The trails get terrible by the time we come through. Um, it does depend on the race. You know, if it's a looped timed course. Um, you're probably going through it more than I am. True. And I might be doing a shorter distance than you. Yep. So there's my rebuttal there. And there are some times that if you are in the back of the pack, you get to experience some very cool weather systems that the front of the pack doesn't get because they're done before nightfall. And then I get a cool rainstorm or I get a cool um, snowstorm. Oh, Bam, PJ, and spider webs. I don't have to deal with spider webs. He just gave up. He left. Eric I'm left. Here. I need to get a water. <laughs> I win. Thank you. I I get no spider webs in the face. No, yeah, man, it's like you're reading my mind, which with is what's coming next. Like my next one was being in the front of the pack. I get out of the stupid weather quicker. So ha. Huh, I you know that. Oh, I love it. Yeah, whatever. You love it. You loved the hundred miles of downpouring rain at your hundred miler. Um, love it I, now, but you didn't I, love it during. Uh, yeah, I didn't love it during, but I I love like knowing that. Wow, I didn't know that I could push through something like that, and now I do, and that's that's a pretty cool feeling. Right. No, I know. I'm and I'm just being again. I'm just being silly. Oh, bam. Again, worn trails are harder to get lost on in the back of the pack. When you get to follow all of those tracks of everybody else, it is easier to see where you're going. Oh, my gosh. You're talking me into coming to the dark side, to coming to the back. Come on back. <laughs> it's fun. All right. Here's a good one. And I, I'm not sure what your opinion is on this one, but this is my opinion about being in the front of the pack. I don't have to hear a ton of those God forsaken cowbells because the people cheering aren't there yet for their runners most of the time at the aid station. <laughs> I'll hear one or two, but yeah. the, the, don't get me wrong. I like hearing a bell because it means I know I'm getting close to the aid station. I uh -huh. like seeing people, but after a while, I just, it's like, all right, let's shut these bells off, you know, shut her down. Shut yeah. Her. I mean, I really, people cheering for me. I don't, you know, don't you have? Other things. No, I'm kidding. They've. How are you going to hate on cowbells? I mean, haters. I'm just saying. I'm a, also, though, when you're in the back of the pack, a lot of those people are gone. Parking lot starts to empty out. We're so you much. Know, there's nobody to cheer for you. I've I have finished races where it's literally just my crew, uh, just a couple. <laughs> a couple of people. What do you think happens at the front of these yeah. things? I mean, world. World's End, when I was lucky enough to win that a couple of years ago, it was amazing. 
and there was like five people at the finish line, including the race director, Dave Walker, the race director, and a couple mm -hmm. people sitting at the fire. But there's no what where's the love i like i'm, I'm happy uh, yeah so yeah. man this is like a therapy session that's proving like we're a lot alike same you know? when you're in the back of the pack and you just like toiled and you're making it 10 minutes before the cutoff and man you know you never thought you'd be able to do it and now you're doing it and there's three people there crickets just crickets and cold hamburgers because they left a couple behind for you because they were nice enough to do that oh man they're cold. <laughs> mm. Let's see. Let's see what I got here. Um, uh, the air is cleaner up front. Just kind of, I mean, just want to throw it out there. You got, you I, get, you're getting all the germs from people. I, being on the I don't think that's a scam. I think you're it lying. is, but it, it could be like a cloud that you're running through. I get clean air up front. Is that like you're from tooting? Is that because you tooted? Talk, yeah, just talking and germs and tooted. <laughs> oh man, I can finish. Is that why you're so fast? Does it like propel you forward? Caution, yeah, exactly. Um, what, what'd she say? It's lonely as crew in the front too, and there was pretty much mm -hmm. just us at the Eastern States finish line. Sorry, I come with grace. Whatever, Jessica, get over it. You just crew Gabe and do a good job. That's all you. You know, why our, you gotta hate on our fans? Anybody that says I'm with Grace on this one at the end of their sentence, I'm gonna hate on. So it's just the I'm just <sighs> my, who I am. <laughs> You're making it hard to get people to tune in. Oh All yeah, you are amazing, and I love you. Please I love you, Jessica. Um, uh, let's see. At the finish, this is this. I'm gonna finish up here. That probably be my last point. But if I can finish and still cheer on everyone behind me, which is uh -huh. amazing. Yeah. And like you're saying, you finish, you finish a lot of stuff and everybody's, you get that cold hamburger. Yeah, I, I get the cold hamburger. There are some times where uh, that's one of the reasons why I will choose a shorter distance um, is because I want right. to cheer on other people. I want to have a good time. You know, the uh, Heiner is a good example where I, I'm really glad that I did the Heiner 50K. I got it done. I know I can do it. And like, I from here on out, it's like, I want to do the 25K and then hang out. Heiner, I'm happy that we have this show and we're invited to go. No, I'm not even registered because we're just. Yeah, I have a reason not to do it and still get to be at the party. Are you kidding yeah. me? We're going to have so much fun this year at Heiner. Yeah, we have the best of all the worlds. We do. Sure. Yeah, I love that. I mean, but I it, that's that was the first one that popped into my head. Like, yeah, there yeah. are some races that, as a backpack runner, I like Funt is, and we'll talk about Funt a little bit more in a second because I want to talk about um, Carl coming on. Um, but Funt is an example of a race that I volunteer. I volunteered the last three years because I'm a backpack runner. I finish at the end. Um, but I love that race and I love the party atmosphere. So I just volunteer for it instead, you know? Right. Yep. All right. That ends my, my silliness, I guess. Bottom line is we're, we're all a lot alike. I think this has proven that. That's a and we have proven that it is, it is front of the pack, back of the pack. We go through a lot of the same stuff. 
Michelle, we are going to be live at Heiner again. Yay. Live at Heiner and the weather is going to be phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be perfect. Um, We are going to have, so coming up here, we we are hopefully. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Go. Shut it. Okay. So uh, we're not. We're planning something good for next week. The week after, we are going to have Carl Perkins on. He is the race director for Funt. Uh, Funt has been going on for about a decade. It's a 25K and a 50K down in Maryland, and it happens in January every year. Carl has had some very interesting stories throughout the years, and he's going to talk to us a little bit behind the scenes of all the things that a race director has to deal with, some of the crazy situations. Uh, so if there's anything that you're curious about from an experienced, I mean, this, this race, it it's one of the best organized races. You go there and you see how flawless and seamless it is. This guy thinks of everything. There is not one thing that he hasn't figured out. Um, and I know he has a lot of people helping him too. Um, but we are going to have him on the show. So submit your questions for him and definitely tune into that episode. So fun 25 K and 50 K is happening this weekend. He's Got to have some time to, to recover from everything, and he's going to be on the show on the 22nd. So uh, look forward to that episode coming up. Yeah, I think in general we can pretty much say, like, next couple of weeks, I think our general idea timeline is to talk about, like what you're saying, race director, possibly uh, another one. Mm-hmm. Talk more about how the races are formed and how they're, they're run themselves, because once we get into – the spring season, let's face it, the races are happening and hopefully we're going to be having on athletes to talk about their performances and things like that. So the idea is to talk about the insides and outs of, of running and racing. Going. Yeah. We're, we're going to talk, we're going to gut it. We're going to gut the whole thing. Slice it right open. Get this. <laughs> we're going to slice it right open, get all the guts out. And I think as, as a runner, no matter what types of racing you're doing, it can be really helpful to understand what's happening behind the scenes and help you have a more successful race. So, And I think it can make help everybody appreciate the, the race itself because yeah. a lot of people don't see that stuff and it's important. Grace, what in the heck are you doing this weekend? Oh, what am I doing this weekend? I... I have, oh, I'm volunteering at Funt on Saturday. So uh, Lacey and I are going to Funt. We are wearing our onesies. We are wearing our fanny packs and our muck boots. Boots. We are going to have boots. 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 Hey, do me a favor. Yeah. Give Lacey a hug for me. I will do that. I I mean, I'll ask. She's not always a hugger, so we'll see. Uh But... Whatever. Punch her in her forehead for me. She'll take it. She'll take it. All right. Um, and then I haven't decided on Sunday. I don't know what I'm doing Sunday yet, but Saturday uh, we are headed down to Funt, and I'm very excited about that. Nice. Yeah. Sounds like a good time. Uh-huh. I think the weather's going to be brisk this weekend around the, the, the north central region of where we live, I think. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I think down down by us is gonna. Uh, it should be a good day. Yeah, I mean, so here. far it looks like a high of forty five. So looks to me like 
next weekend, which is the idiot runner weekend, that whole week leading up to it is actually like winter temperatures. So everything should be nice and hardened up. Um, I'm hoping by that point. So that's what I'm hoping for. Fabulous. What are you doing this weekend? Well, I'm cleaning. I'm cleaning this weekend because I have a whole bunch of people coming up here in two weeks. Less than where are they? Where are they going to stay? I have people staying on my floor. I have people staying in the garage. I have people staying out in the porch. Is it a garage or is it a shed? It's. I don't know. If, I don't know why anybody would call it a shed. I don't know why anybody ever did. Kip H called it a shed once. In that a barn. He called it a barn. It's got a garage door on it. It's a garage. Anyway. So yeah, I gotta clean that out so I can fit seventy people. It it it's gonna be. Tight. Why do you do this? Why do you do this to yourself? And then you posted. It was like two weeks ago. You're like, hey, a couple people aren't able to make it, so let's have more people come. Like you, why do you do this to yourself? You know why. You know exactly why I do. <laughs> it's fun. It's it'll be super fun. I can't wait for people. To I can tell by the by the expression on your face and by the enthusiasm in your voice how fun you think it is. It'll be fun. It's going to be a long one. It's going to be a long one. Twenty. Yeah. It's going to be lots of time. I don't know how many people are actually going to stay in it, but I sure hope a couple do because it's worth it. Yeah, I know some people who are planning on it. If nothing else, for the uh, time on feet. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's my plan. I, I do. I have some prep to do and cleaning to do. Um, other than that, nothing special this weekend. Fabulous. Yeah. So we will be here next Monday as usual for episode 46 uh-huh. and look for updates maybe of what we're doing. We're not telling you yet though, because we don't have to. <laughs> so there. There. But tune in and like our stuff. Because, because... And we like you. You're yeah. very nice. Thank you. Yep. We appreciate everybody tuning in. And those that don't tune in and listen on Spotify, we actually appreciate you too. I appreciate you a little more than Grace. I'll be honest with you, but it's that's what it is. I don't know. <laughs> you can you can tell by the sound of his voice. Yeah. And we will see you next week. Anything else you want to say, Grace? Uh, that's it. It's awesome. All right. Have a good night. We'll see you. Okay. Bye. bye.